0: Ladie, frickin' die! It's old Mac Foley here, listening to the podcast. And if you don't stop buying all that kiss crap, you're gonna wind up living in a van down by the river. All right, kiss army. You wanted the best, you got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be
1: podcast. Welcome back to part two of this discussion on KISS Long Form Videos. I'm Chris Sinzak. I'm going to be the host today. Joining me is Chris Carum and good friend Matt Porter, Andrew Scambatti. How are you guys doing? Excellent. We're going to discuss something near and dear to all of us, which is the KISS Long Form Videos that have come out over the years. So, uh, Matt, why don't you tell people what we're going to be talking about?
0: Well, you know, we're uh, obviously one of the most visual bands of all time. Certainly as home video came back around, um, they were represented by, you know, a lot of their classic clips as well as some live shows. And we're going to kind of go through that list, see uh, what we think about the different ones they've released over the years and how they fit into history. Chris
1: Karam uh, came up with the, the list. Came up with a good list for us to go over, and we're going to try to get through all of these. There's a lot of things to go over with this. Now we move into the reunion years, and uh, I think I can safely speak for all of us when I say the, this was a, an awesome time to be a fan of KISS. As if in, I mean, all times are awesome to be a fan of KISS, but this was a, a certain special time. And, um, you know, the, the the second coming comes out and comes out on two VHS tapes. Probably could have just done one because it has to do everything big. So, right, because uh, it's, like
2: it's like two hours and one minute. Right. That one minute, <laughs> yeah. it's like, we're going to get a second tape out of these guys.
1: And, you know, it comes out and it does really well. And, you know, the fans eat it up really quickly because the reunion was so huge. I And I'll say it, it's, it's an amazing documentary. It's, it works well as a documentary. The narration, yeah, it's a little bit cheesy, but, you know, they were in, they were basking in their glory, and they deserved to after what they just did. But um, the only complaint I really have about it is, you know, and I think a lot of people share my opinion on this, is the no full songs complaint. Um, I would have put it out as is, but I also would have put another tape or disc out with a full concert included. That's... Right. But, you know, the, the chronicling of it with, you know... All of, the, you know, the Grammy appearance, the putting on the makeup for that, and, you know, the photo shoots, and the, the rehearsing in an airplane hangar, and then the following the whole tour, I mean, it's it's incredible. I, I, there's no telling how many times I've watched this. It, it, you know, I still watch it today, and I still can remember, you know, all the magic of that time. And I hate that all the drama that went down later, and, oh, it was torture, and blah, blah, blah. They're lying if they say that they didn't enjoy some of that. That tour itself, I mean, they had to have enjoyed
2: it.
0: You know what? I, I, I think... remember when that. Go
2: ahead. Oh, I remember when that video, you know, first came out. I I had to have it. And it, what, what was the release date of that video? It was November, I think, twenty eighth or twenty fifth, ninety eight.
1: I believe you're right. I don't actually don't have that one in front of me. So
2: it, it was right after I'd seen Kiss at the Garden on the Psycho Circus tour. So I was on Kiss Overload at, at this point, and, and also being. Um, a, a very young, you know, a very—I think it was a preteen at this point. Maybe I was only twelve, or maybe I was even thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, I was very young, so I didn't really have much money. So I remember begging my mom to buy me this video, and she was like, "You just saw the band, and you can wait till Christmas for this video." And I'm like, "I, I can't. <laughs> I need to have it now. I got to." You know, I begged her and begged her, and begged her. She finally took me out to the record store, and it was actually a record store. And she she bought it for me. And I remember watching that video and loving it from the moment I saw it because. You know, at that time, I, like I said, I was very young, so all the backstage stuff was all new to me, and I loved being able to see them like building the stage and constructing the stage. when I was young, I, I really wasn't playing with G.I. Joes or X-Men or whatever; I was playing Kiss concert. So when I was watching them build the stage, I was like, "This is so cool! This is how I'm going to build my Kiss stage out of you know cardboard and duct tape and Christmas lights." Because that's what I did. That's so awesome. watching this video was great. My one complaint about the video is it kind of glosses over some of the some of the things that happened on the reunion tour, there's no mention of the show that Eddie Cannon did instead of Peter Chris. Yeah, they kind of they completely glossed over that. And even though there isn't any complete songs, I think they used a lot of the same clips for songs. And that kind of gets a little redundant after a while, um, seeing the same clips from the same songs. Just different city, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there were so many things that they could have put in on there, right. you know, why not just have spotlight maybe just the rare tracks that are played on the tour, like christine sixteen or or take me, or even later on the tour they started doing, you know I was made for loving you, and you know, come on and love me, things like that so uh, it, it was very cool. um I love the part about the New Year's Eve show because I was there. that oh, was my wow. very first kiss show that i ever that I ever attended Wow, that's nice. a great one to start with um, So you know, it was cool. I think back when I think when I watched that video, I think back to a time like you said. It was a great time to be a Kiss fan. You could walk into any deli, any mom and pop store, and Kiss would be on the cover of at least two or three magazines. And it was your time to kind of tell all the people that made fun of you for liking Kiss to kind of say, "Well, hey, they're back. They got it." And your mom and sister were going to see Kiss. You have a great,
1: <laughs> you, you have a great memory because I just looked it up. November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety eight. Man, you remember right, the right. exact day. That's all. Yes, yeah, and- so
2: I because I, I saw Kiss at November twenty third at the Garden, and I remember that was the very next day it, it came out. And that coincidentally, while I'm thinking of that, I think November twenty third, ninety eight, is when Extreme Close Up aired on MTV or VH1, and I taped it while I was seeing Kiss at the Garden.
1: Wow! Wow! Um, I think Gary yeah. was at that show too.
2: Yeah, Gary. Gary and I are from the same area originally. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so, it, so that time represents a very, very cool time for me personally because this was I just seen my favorite band. Now you got this video out, and previous to this video, I was watching things that had already happened in the band, things that I wasn't a part of because I wasn't alive, wasn't a fan, or, or whatever have you. Right. But now I'm watching a video where I remember what I was doing every step of that way. I remember hearing about the Grammys. I remember when the tour was announced. I remember seeing the tour and I remember the tour being over. So it's like you're watching a time that you experienced and you remember certain aspects of your life because mm-hmm. they mentioned a certain date. You remember what you were doing at, at that time. So that was very, very cool for me right. and still very cool. And yes, Gene, I bought it on VHS and DVD. Me too. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> As did we all. Yeah, well, Chris, yeah. Chris, your thoughts on uh, second coming?
3: Sure. I think it's a great chronicle of that time. And you know, of course I agree with all you guys, it was a great time to be a KISS fan, especially you know, I, I was a fan during the seventies but never got to see them until the mid eighties for the first time. So this is my first expo- you know, and I was getting like the Back to the Future thing where I get to see KISS in seventy seven and ninety six. And to just, you know, relive that through that was great. But there's one thing that, that I kinda came out that sort of came out uh years later and this is a result of reading, you know, Jean's book and Ace's book and Peter's book. Do you guys remember Mad Magazine? Sure. Sure. Okay, you remember they used to have a feature of what people say and what they really mean? Yeah. yeah. I think they should re-release this with subtitles that reveal their inner thoughts oh, as sure. they're saying stuff. <laughs> Gene and, uh, Peter and Ace are killing us. I can't wait for this tour to be over. You know, because, because you know... You're I'm, killing I'm, me,
2: guys. You're killing me.
3: Yeah, because they were presenting, you know, a very, you know, unified front. Everyone's getting along. It's a great tour. But, you know, then you know the farewell tour happens jeans book comes out it's the first time you hear it was you know it was torture it was this it was that so i just think it's an amusing kind of side thing they should do that but maybe the history science theater guys can put that together i don't know <laughs> but i love it it's a great video though
1: matt your
0: thoughts you know what everybody pretty much summed it up and it was a great time to be a kiss fan i think this one you know we we've talked about stuff from when they were, when the band was originally starting, you just didn't have the ability to, to inexpensively do a video. You know, you had to film everything, and you had short little bursts. Now you have people with little small cameras following them around, and and to me, the things that I really love are where you get to feel like you're right in there with them. And my, I think my favorite part of the whole video is when they're in Gene's house and they're putting on the makeup yeah. and you see yeah. Gene in the bathroom and he's got the makeup kind of partially on <laughs> and he kinda of turns the camera and he makes kind of this maybe kind of a Lon Chaney, like er, kinda of, but then all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye, he transforms himself into that where he rolls his eyes and the yeah. tongue comes and it becomes the demon. Yeah and the phrase that they kept saying, the magic is back. And I remember watching that video and absolutely jumping up off you know and being so just thrilled seeing that shot and the fact that we could be via video right there when they are now putting the makeup back on, rediscovering that vibe. And and that one little sequence to me says volumes about what was happening was that they were now going to get back into the costumes that I'll say it look as somebody to discovered in the 70s it was is what you wanted from the start and there it was and they were going to do it and I I mean like just like Andrew said I remember seeing them on the Grammys I remember hearing you know the press conference all that kind of stuff and the fact that it captures everything so much but to me that one clip says it all I agree,
1: and it's you know, and the the candid stuff is is kind of the best parts. You know, it's absolutely the, the rehearsals and stuff, and them busting on each other during the photo shoots is great. <laughs> you know, Peter saying Gene, shut the fuck up. You know, it's just yeah. you know, there's not enough devil of that. Bird. Devil bat bird. Yeah, yeah. Right. I owe Peter a debt of gratitude. He invented he he introduced us to this rare species of devil bat bird. <laughs> so, so scared the shit out of him <laughs> so, but uh yeah the second coming it's it's awesome and it, it's especially with all of the negative trash talk that goes down between them now it, it's a good reminder to go back and watch that and it's like you can feel a little bit better about things when, at least from that era if you go back and watch it so this next clip is from the decibel geek podcast
4: and now deep thoughts with gene simmons
1: Some days as I sit in my palatial mansion, reminiscing of the thousands of women that I've ruined for other men, the truckload of money that I've made, power and the excellence of being a worldwide rock god, and the millions of men that would
4: give their left nut to be me. And all I ever really wanted was for
0: someone to hold me.
1: To hear more stuff like this, listen to my show, The Decibel Geek Podcast. Check it out at www.decibelgeek.com. You can also find us on iTunes. So I guess we're going to jump forward quite a few years to uh, Rock the Nation, right?
2: Wait, wait, wait. we skipped so one. You. We skipped the Psycho Circus video that came out with uh, the video single and the CD.
1: No, I didn't miss it. I'm just moving yeah. on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the do we really want to talk about that? Th-
2: um, I mean, maybe just. Uh, Okay. I mean I, I guess it's the same thing as the Crazy Nights video. It's kind of one of those things that they threw out just every product out there. Uh, I mean I was one of those guys who with a flashlight was in the record store trying to find out, all right, which CD is this because <laughs> they turned the CDs over the other way so you couldn't see which CD you got. Right. So you had to cuz you had to have all four cuz you're a Kiss fan, you had to have all four. But, yeah. Uh you know, I remember watching that video and I was kind of like this is it? I was this? so let down. Yeah, I'm like this is I'm like this looks like a PlayStation game. This isn't. This isn't Kiss. No, that was I mean, the Nightmare yeah. Child. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love the song, but I'm watching this 3D video and I'm like, "This sucks." Yeah.
3: It's a B movie video. It's, it's terrible. It's the yeah. quality is it's terrible. I mean, you know, you could probably make a better video yourself with home video equipment back then.
2: <laughs> but and it's, and it's kind of I think Kiss maybe painting themselves into a corner, unfortunately, because. You can't really make a cohesive, narrative, you know, artsy video with four you know, superheroes in makeup. Right. They have to be performing on stage. That's basically the corner that they painted themselves into. Every video Kiss has made over the last decade or so, even probably the last two decades, three decades, it's them on stage. It's not really them. Like, they're not going to win you know, MTV Video of the Year. I mean MTV mm-hmm. doesn't even play videos anymore, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But basically you took Kiss out of its natural element – and you put them against a green screen, and it was just underwhelming. Yeah. I thought it was cheesy, and then I remember going to the show, and I'm like, why am I seeing the stuff from the video on the screen? What the? What's going on? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I bought it, but yeah. it's, it's collecting dust.
1: I just didn't think it needed too long of a conversation. Anybody got any other thoughts on Psycho Circus video? You hit it. Okay. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's it. I'm totally including that awkward pause. Um, (laughs) You should, you should. Oh, and and Andrew, you you talk about his not being good with concept videos, but that's because you've never seen the unreleased Thrills in the Night video.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I I see Eric's like bouffant in the picture. Like he's trying to pull his hair back, but it looks like Gene's raccoon wig from the Revenge era. So maybe I'm glad that it hasn't come out because how good could it actually be?
1: I have to see it one of these days.
2: I would love to. Who knows it's even finished?
1: Oh, it was finished and it was a, finished and edited and everything. But that apparently, Paul and Gene saw it and they're like, "There's no way anyone will watch this." So, <laughs> all right. So we move on to Kiss Symphony, which features a very short-lived version of the band with uh, Peter Criss on drums and Tommy Thayer on guitar. Um, kind of Tommy's coming out party here in the makeup, and uh, you know, Kiss goes to Australia and plays with the symphony um, my thoughts on this I uh, I enjoyed it a lot I thought, I, I thought the editing was way too fast during the performance parts um, they should have slowed it down uh, I was worried I was going to have a seizure in the middle of it. but um,
3: You probably did. You just don't remember. Yeah, I probably just don't remember
1: it. I blacked out. But um, <laughs> all of the lead-up to the actual performance, I thought, was the most entertaining part of it. Watching watching the, uh, watching the them get together with David Campbell and work out the arrangements, and then watching them rehearse with the symphony was cool, and then how they built the stage. That was neat. Um, I like the performance. I've always enjoyed watching it. I don't know that I was thrilled that they branded this as a live four. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know but I enjoyed it I thought they sounded cool with a symphony I, I have to ge- I have to criticize them a bit of all of the people said it would be crazy to combine a rock band with a symphony and it's like well no one said that because you know a number of bands had done it before I didn't like how they kept trying to make it out like Kiss was the first band to do this because it was very clear a number of other bands the Scorpions and Metallica alone already had, had done it but yeah I mean I enjoyed it I, I've watched it a few times here and there but I don't go back to it often um, Andrew what are your thoughts of this?
2: Well, I, I concur what you said about the editing. It makes me sick when I watch it. And what I don't like about the video, it's like I'm watching a song, and like Paula changed guitars in the middle of the song. Like, what had, had that happen? And yeah. you're watching God of Thunder, and Gene has blood on them. He doesn't have blood on them. Then he has it again. It's like, what?
1: Or he switches bases.
2: Yeah. You have a very poorly edited video. Right. However, the Kiss Symphony, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the best things they had done at that time. I loved I had a bootleg of the show way before the DVD or CD came out, and I thought it really injected a good life into some of these songs that we were probably tired of hearing at that point.
1: Very much so. But
2: I I enjoyed it. I mean, I was excited about it. And uh, like you said, the documentary leading up to the actual uh, feature, I thought it was great. Now, did you notice when they were rehearsing with David Campbell, they were listening to versions of the songs with Eric Singer on drums. Oh, really? Uh, I long heard a rumor that Eric Singer was supposed to be there um, as long as Ace was there. But when they couldn't get Ace, you know, Eric was out because they had to have three out of four original members to do that show. Right. It was in their contract. So, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it could have been a little bit uh, musically daring if Eric Singer was there. I guess we'll never know. But as far as the actual show goes, I thought it was great. The editing was a little too fast for my my taste, as I said. But it's one of those things that you know, I'll put on every now and then, but I'll probably put on the CD before I put on the DVD. And again, this could have been one DVD because uh, – I mean DVDs, you could fit six hours of content <laughs> on them and they put the second set on there twice or the third set yeah, on there twice. Right? Why? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand that. Originally when I thought it was coming out, I thought they were putting out like the sound check or something. Like, something really cool mm-hmm. that we were going to get to see. But – no, we didn't get to see any of that. So, um, so we have this, and I also didn't like how they made you think that they flew into Australia like days before the show to rehearse with the symphony. Like you know, a week prior to. Yeah, you guys know for sure that that symphony orchestra was rehearsing for months before this show. It wasn't like um, uh, put together with you know duct tape and and a band-aid really something that was a well-oiled machine
0: that that was rehearsing for weeks
1: i thought they slapped it together last minute just like on the uh trip they did
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's not my painting
1: doc wake up we're going on tour
0: (laughs) yeah right but matt
1: your thoughts on symphony
0: you know what I, I really enjoy the stuff where like when Gene and Paul are sitting with David Campbell and they're and they're kinda of working out how it's gonna to sound. To me, those kind of, like that's what the reality TV that I would really like. It's yeah. what like whereas you just mentioned that Kisteria where that's totally phony baloney and, and whereas I like the idea that probably somebody was sitting there with a small handheld camera as they're trying to work with this is the writing process, this is creative process that they're putting together. And I enjoy that about it—that kind of behind the scenes things that were probably captured with small cameras, like when Peter sees that little TV screen on Mm -hmm. his drums, where he can—and he's so excited about it—and it's—and it's it's just that behind the scenes kind of stuff. Even when they're talking with members of the symphony, that are that are kind of—you can tell—they're jazzed at the idea that they're going to be with, you know, doing a kids thing, and like they—well, tonight I think I'm playing Gene, and they they (laughs) clearly they know. About it, and and yet, you know, even at one point, like Gene kind of wants to tell David Campbell, "Why don't we try this?" And he says, "Well, look, I'm just a knucklehead, like you know," and he's playing down his own knowledge because clearly you have these guys that are used to playing all this symphony stuff. But at some point, it's got to sound like Kiss, and they're they're trying very hard to to work it together. I like a lot of the versions of the songs. I mean, I think Beth obviously is something that that benefits from that lush kind of sound, but how they got away with not come on where's fanfare they don't have to play it make (laughs) make the symphony orchestra play it and and give us just a teeny bit of the elder like it's the one time that it would have really like god of thunder sounds like it should be something out of a movie like a conan movie i love it (laughs) right and it's that big epic you know and you're waiting to see you know like this huge dragon and gene are fighting or something you know and it's good but I think that was a case where they really they wouldn't have had to learn it. Let let the uh, let the symphony handle one piece off of uh, elder. you know the elder yeah. just for fun and to say, look, we finally gave you you know just a boy or something. Or but they he, could uh, they
1: could have introed the whole show with fanfare, with anything
0: exactly. Awesome. That should have been the intro right there. And I mean, even like when I like when they're interviewing a lot of the fans and the one guy, you know, oh, if Peter <laughs> doesn't do dirty living. I'm gonna go crazy. Okay. I'm going to be screaming. Yeah, I'm going to be <laughs>
2: screaming murder. I, I hope, hope
1: screaming murder. I hope he's recovered at this point.
0: Yeah,
2: he's still
0: screaming
1: murder. I saw that, and I was like, poor bastard. Poor guy, you know.
0: <laughs> but it's nice, you know, they interview all those fans. I love the fact, like, a lot of these later videos where they, where they do include, you know, fan reaction, and it's nice to see when the fans were there, you know, greeting them at the airport and all that kind of stuff. All the behind-the-scenes stuff is really what I prefer, mm-hmm. you know, to the actual performance stuff, I think. And and I think, uh, you know, that it's because you do get – the very it's I think it's probably one of the very few videos where we get any kind of candid video of Peter, you know, mean, at this point he hasn't been in the other videos. Right.
2: Uh, I just want to mention one more thing about the video, because you mentioned all that the candid footage. And I, I love Tommy, but I have to mention this because I thought it was kind of funny when I saw it. When you see the clip of them arriving in the airport, you see someone's carrying, you know, Gene, Paul, and yep. Peter's bag, and Tommy's rolling his own bag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so somebody big. calls him out for it, too. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of funny. It's like, Tommy, it's your first gig, but you still got to carry your own bag.
1: <laughs> yeah. Chris, what are your thoughts on <laughs> Symphony?
3: I think it's a great, you know, performance. It's a great show. But that attention deficit disorder editing. Yeah. I mean and the the, the sad thing is uh, that guy did an Aerosmith clip um home video a year later and it was this, it was even worse. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean Steven Tyler you see him for like three you know half a second. But no it was it's a great show and um it's an interesting you know alternate lineup or you know kind of a weird lineup for, just for some people. Yeah. And but you know it's great. I just wish I one thing that I liked about it over especially over the CD the CD to me of that uh the Kiss Alive Symphony 4, uh was that the sonics on the CD was horrible. it sounded so thin you could barely hear the drums at least on the DVD when you listen to the surround sound it 's got a much fuller sound to it yep. better separation, which makes the, you know which kind of helps to compensate like I said for the editing being so you know all over the place yeah but no it 's it's a, it's a, it's a really great video and it's you know it's definitely like i said it 's a, a t- and again the time capsule of a very short lived and kind of odd kiss lineup if, in my opinion
4: yeah. So we're starting with God of Thunder. The first time I heard the symphony play was like, you get reassured about something and you feel real good about it.
0: That's how I felt when I heard them.
4: That's very good. Sure enough, as soon as we started playing, our worst fears were met head-on. We weren't playing with the orchestra, or the orchestra wasn't playing with us. It didn't matter, but we weren't playing together. It was clear we weren't synchronized. They were feeling it one way, we were certainly feeling it another. Oh, you think it's me not locked in with the orchestra and everybody else is locked in? Well, everybody is a contributing factor, no? It seems seems as as if we're in sync here. Did it feel like it was getting faster? Or or did we not start? I don't think we're in sync together. It seems like you guys are in sync with yourselves. We're playing with Peter, and it somehow doesn't seem to lock. Okay, I wasn't wearing my headphones, so sometimes I couldn't hear the band so well. Mm. How about we get a small camera and put a little monitor so Peter can can watch it? My main point was I didn't think we were synced. Let's just do it again. Do it again. Where's eyes. Oh, my God! Ace, come on, man. It's all right. Ace isn't here. We're hoping he'll be with us at this spectacular concert. As you know, we're here to announce officially that on February 28th, we will unleash a symphonic sonic boom, the likes of which the world has never heard before. We will be playing with the Melbourne Symphony, or they will be playing with us. And as rumor would have it, we are expecting Mozart and Beethoven to rise from the dead to dance with us. Oh, yeah. ah, just where we thought you'd say farewell. How so? Well, once upon a time I was a twelve-year-old boy and I promised I'd pull out. But you know <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be one special event. We're here because we've heard so much about the Melbourne Symphony. You know, the best of the best deserves the best. And Melbourne has always been wonderful to us for almost 30 years. We probably have a few children running around. The least we can do is to come back and embrace you all. It's amazing, you know, to go on a farewell tour and have everybody saying, don't leave, don't leave. And it's something special like this. This is a monumental occasion. And this is the kind of stuff that's really worth coming out and saying, yeah, This is what rock and roll is all about. It's about breaking ground. And what we're going to do will be a a concert in three parts. And you will see uh, a lot of violins and a little bit of violence. (laughs) (laughs) But it will be in the best combination possible. We're, We're so jazzed to do this. And we came all the way here just to tell you
1: next thing we know Peter's out and we have the current lineup that we have today with Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer and then Rock the Nation gets released and for the Kiss Rock the Nation tour of uh, 2004 and this was a tour that had a varied set list and was kind of Kiss flexing their muscles set list wise and saying you know we can now play anything in the catalog. Wish they had stayed on that course you know in future tours because it seemed like they kind of got a little lax after this one. Um... The video comes out, and I gotta, and I think I think it's edited beautifully, and I think it's it's it looks great. Um, overall, it's edited beautifully. I do have one pet peeve about it, but first, let me say the positives. One positive was the um, the ex the backstage stuff or the the sound checks part was awesome, and the stuff in between where they're getting into makeup and stuff and seeing how they interact with each other. That that we're all diehards, so we want that stuff ahead of anything else. I think because you know we've seen the show so yeah. um but honestly this is one pet this show brings out one pet peeve and kiss does this a lot in performance videos that i can't stand i know kiss loves their fans and i know and we're all fans and i think it's great that they want to feature us on the videos but this video goes so over the top in we have to show the fans going crazy just as much as we have to show ourselves and it's like i can only stand to see the fans going bonkers so often in this video, because it's just like I want to see the band on stage.
2: Well, hold 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 hold, hold the phone. What? I want to see the fans going bonkers at this, these two shows. You know why? Why? Because I was at both of them, and I'm on the video. Oh, okay. Well, you're you're <laughs> oh, biased. Yeah, me too. Me too.
0: So are, are you guys in the in the cut? If you go on disc number one, if you go right before I Want You, and he's talking to the crowd. Now, obviously, you see that really hot girl with her shirt tied up and the low riding jeans she's going to get a lot of attention. Of course. But if you go to that part right before I Want You where he's talking to the crowd, and here's an Easter egg for all podcast fans, <laughs> you can see me for two seconds in my red, white, and blue Superman jersey in the bottom right-hand corner of the one frame. For, and I, I have my hand up in the air, <laughs> ugh, like yelling like a monster. Oh, you're that guy. Like, sweating like a mental patient. And the funny thing is, like. it was that when I was at the one... That was the Nissan Pavilion, and I wrote down the date. It was Saturday, July 24th, 2004. I'm right next to my friend Bob Brodsky. We went down to the show. They were recording it, and there's the other part where they're say, they're showing the Kiss kids, and there were some kids right in front of us in the makeup, and you can see the top of my head, but I was always thrilled with the fact, and just as Andrew said, that you could be in there even for a couple seconds. Now, if you're a hot chick, all it's right. easy to be on camera. If you look like this, getting on camera is not easy. So they're not they're not going to zoom in on me. But so I was thrilled <laughs> when that came out to actually see myself for just even a snapshot on on that DVD. Okay. Well, you're a biased audience, though. Come on. <laughs> so now, all kiss fans, go back and try and find me, and hit like if you find me in there. Okay. Yo- so.
1: So now nope. it's rebranded Kiss with Andrew and Matt. Rock the Nation live. <laughs> yeah.
3: the special edition. Can you, guys, can you guys autograph my copy someday? You know,
0: Absolutely. So here's,
2: the thing. here's the thing about me, though. You'll never find me in there because this was like just at the tail end of my awkward stage. So I still look like Fred Savage. So you'll never, <laughs> find, you'll never find me on this.
1: I thought you were going to say that's me behind the drums. <laughs>
2: That's me in the corner. That's me in the corner. No, but
1: do I? But do I not have a point about the the multiple audience shots that they do in these
2: things? It's no, like you do, you do, and I'm going to hark back to the symphony show a little bit about those audience shots because they have audience shots in the symphony show that isn't from the symphony. Yeah, they show. do that
1: all the time, and it's like. Come on, God! Do we have to have does Does anything get done on the up and up with a kiss video? There's always shenanigans going on.
2: Always <laughs> <With> shenanigans, <laughs> it's true. It's very true. And you know, I I was really lucky. I went to both of those shows where um, they recorded that, and there was stuff on there that they didn't they didn't put on. Like there was, um, uh, they did "Psycho Circus" that didn't make it on the video. They did uh, "All the Way" that didn't make it on the video. Great song. Um, and they did King of the Nighttime World that didn't make on the video either. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they were doing those songs, it was just I, you couldn't believe that you were seeing those songs. I mean, I know why All the White didn't make it. It's because Eric, you know, Eric and Gene were counting up the song, and um, as the song is starting, Paul's like, "No, wait, 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 we gotta stop the song. What album is this from? I have right. no idea what album is this from. Yeah, yeah, because I have the Instant Lives from both of the nights." Uh, This came out and and it was actually you know cool to hear that the actual DVD wasn't that different from the instant lives It was fixed, but it wasn't like it wasn't like a live three fix. You could still hear that it was quite live
4: Sound checks this time became something like a kid going to a playground We got a chance to do anything. We wanted to knowing that we could During the sound checks, we actually just tossed around uh, songs that one of us might remember, that the other one didn't. For instance, uh, we stuck all the way in the set, but Tommy and I knew it, Paul initially didn't we forgotten it.
0: So we'd get to soundcheck, and
2: some days, instead of just doing the same songs that you would expect to hear us doing at soundcheck, we'd come in and somebody'd throw out a, a riff from an old song off Hotter Than Hell or Dress to Kill, and then all of a sudden we're off to the races.
4: The interesting thing is, Tommy knew some of the elders, and so did Eric, much better than I do. It's a great time to... You know, just be loose with each other, but we also would experiment.
3: Sometimes Paul would be surprised that Tommy and I would know this stuff as as well as we did, even though we weren't rehearsed or anything. We were just kind of doing it off the cuff.
4: Again, when you've got a really large song list in your catalog. It's often tough to remember stuff you haven't played in, what, over 20 years? It's almost as much fun as the show, because it's a time for us to indulge ourselves. There were so many songs that sounded great during sound checks or during rehearsals. We virtually could have played a completely different set list. We can't do that, so as much as we enjoy certain songs or the freedom to be able to play you know, such a wide variety, it became very important to us to make sure... That um we had a healthy balance.
2: So it was very cool to hear to hear those songs. And it, it was cool, you know, like like Matt said, it was cool to know that you were at that show and you were that's your memory and you're right there at on that show. So it was kinda cool. It was like my first brush with oh hey, there's my fifteen frames of fame <laughs> <laughs> frames of fame and the Andrew you know? Scambetti story yeah, there you go <laughs> So you know, it was, it, it was cool it, it, this one, it's not one that I watch very often um, because when I do go back and watch it, it's kind of one of those things where it was the beginning of the end because you hear Paul's voice I, I don't want to get into an argument about Paul's voice what it is, what it isn't, but you can hear it's very raspy it, it's not it's not what it once was and yeah, the band was mixing up the set list quite a bit. But to me, the band was looking kind of tired. You mm-hmm. had a stage on there. This was their third or fourth tour using the same stage. Right. Um, you had the revamped and live costs. You had Eric back on the there, which was awesome because I'm a huge Eric Singer fan. But yeah. it was the first time to me the band looked tired.
1: Yeah, they did, and it, it's it's and there's times I I hate to say this, but I I honestly get bored watching it sometimes, and mm-hmm. it's no disrespect to the to the lineup, of course, because I still love them, but it just there's times where it just it comes off a little dull. But uh, Chris, what do you think of it?
3: I don't have too much to say about it. I mean, it's 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 okay for me, but like you say, there's definitely a sense that they're a little bit tired in spots, and it's it's it doesn't really have. Um, the magic that some of the earlier videos had for me. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, and it's, you know, it's the beginning of a different era and a different time, and, you know, kind of an era when there was really nothing new happening for mm-hmm. quite a long time. So uh, that's about really all I have to say about it.
1: But the, uh, but you know, but to be fair, I'm sure there's kids that are just getting into the band at this point. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. I'm sure. They get I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from the it.
3: perspective of a guy at that point had been in the Kiss Army. That was what ninety four ninety five, so you're talking almost thirty years at that point.
1: Right. So, and you know? um, did anyone was anyone blown away by the uh, the choose a kiss thing where you could change your camera angle?
2: I, I thought no. was, I thought it was kind of cool. It wasn't something that blew my mind, and it's obviously yeah. something that didn't take off. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was cool.
0: Yeah, Matt you know what, I, I remember not really being able to get that Pit Kiss Power Vision to work. I think like my my DVD player didn't play it. I finally got a Blu-ray player and I can seem to switch between them. But I don't know, it's like, come on, whoever's directing this, make a decision. And the funny <laughs> thing is, I actually... <laughs> I, I will say, and, and it's because I was at that. I watched every one of those different angles, hoping that I might be in another clip. And it, <laughs> that it's terrible. You but narcissist. Had, like, you know, I, looked, I had really good seats, and and like, and it's funny because that's the thing is, like, you know, knowing that you were there, that you might be in there for even two more seconds, it is, <laughs> you know, it got, is just odd. But you know,
3: we've got a petition for a re-release with the Andrew footage and the Matt footage. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I want one of the At least, at that least, came at least more people.
3: Demand
0: it. <laughs> yeah, my wife, maybe, but. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about us. I'm not even talking about your
3: wife. I'm talking about
0: just us. Oh, wow. <laughs> These
3: four Kiss fans on a podcast demand it.
2: Yeah. Did, anybody else, did anybody else find that it was kind of odd that it took so long to come out? Like, these shows were shot in July of two thousand four, and this DVD didn't come out till December thirteenth, two thousand five. Yeah. So it's over a year where it's just kind of sitting. And is it going to come out? Is it going to come out? You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was cool when we heard, you know, the first rumblings of it coming out, and I, I was kind of disappointed they were chopping up the concert and throwing in that backstage footage. Backstage footage I love, but I would like that, you know, completely supplemental and a totally different feature from the concert.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because it's not. It does kind of. All of a sudden, you're flowing along, and all of a sudden, whoa, we're going to watch this. So, yeah, I can see that. Um, well, that's it as far as the long form that have been released, but um, I want to mention one thing real fast. That Although they've kind of released this overseas, I think, the uh, Rock Am Ring show from the Sonic Boom Over Europe tour. Yes. Oh, yeah, Just so spectacular, spectacularly edited. I mean, it's just... Yep. And it was even so much edited live, you know, those were the camera angles you watched as it happened. And whoever that crew is, they're amazing. Cause I've watched other performances from rock Am ring, even this year. And the that was pe-
3: actually released on DVD in Brazil, believe it or not. It was.
1: Oh, I thought I had heard something about that. Um, I, yeah,
3: I have it. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> yep. But a friend uh, of mine in Brazil got it, picked it up and he sent it. He sent me, I didn't even ask me just, Oh, I'm sending you a copy of this. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really good quality. I mean, I, it's, I think it's, I, I, as far as the legality of it, you know, I don't, I don't think it's real author. I don't think it's authorized, but it does have a Kiss logo on it, and it was apparently released on some, you know, Brazilian label or of some sort. Yeah. So, so, what it's worth.
1: so I'm gonna, I want to put a question to each of you before we finish. Um, if Kiss were to put out one more long form video, what would be on your wish list for it to be? Andrew, we'll start with you. Uh,
2: anything from the '70s that we don't have. I always kind of wanted, and I even toyed with, you know, kind of making it myself. I always want the song remains the same of Kiss, mm-hmm. that Kiss video where it's like the definitive live performance of the band, mixed in with, you know, some cool things, you know, maybe interviews or maybe something. I mean, I, I don't know, but I always wanted just the definitive '70s performance. And you could argue that that already exists with Largo '77, sure. but you know, I, I want to see Kiss. Massa Square Garden, December 1977. You know, all three nights edited into one, you know, great package, kind of the sister to what Alive 2 is. Um, I, I know things of like that weren't shot. I know basically whatever is out there, whatever we've seen is basically all that's available at this point. But to me, if they would ever put out another long-form video, aside from the Kissology series, yeah. it would be a, a 70s concert and from the Love Gun era.
1: And let me go ahead and interject... A lot of people are going to be like, "What about kissology?" Obviously, kissology is so big and has so much on its own that that would be a topic of its own if we did a di- yeah. kissology discussion. Yeah. So, and we kind of old-
2: we kind of touched on that on the last on the last podcast too. Absolutely, a bit, yeah, sure.
1: So, um, Matt, what would be on your dream long form video?
0: You know, as I mentioned earlier, to me, I really I like the ones where it goes back and highlights the history, and I think that. I really want the commentary from the original members or really from all members talking candidly about when, as they watch the videos, what do they remember? What was going on at the time? And obviously we're recording this today and, and obviously the news is going all over the, you know, at least on Facebook that Mick Campes had died and you're not going to be able to get these stories forever. And we've heard some of these things told over and over, but I think, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just, being, you get to the point where you, I want the four of them to be baby back, do one more thing where it gives us that sense of, I mean, I guess I'd hate to say closure, but but a sense that I want, We we don't have a document from the four of them on any of these, because I mean, you have that, the second coming is now a document of that event. I would really like what Ace and Peter watching some of that stuff from 77 in a way that like when you watch your old home movies, you're going to point things out that we wouldn't necessarily think about. I I think I want something like that. I want, and it would, it would probably have to be, you know, a pretty long video is, you know, we have already so many great live videos and bootlegs and this and that and the other. And I think that that's the one thing I would really like to talk about. Like, Play the Mike Douglas stuff, but talk about what was it like and and from all of them. And I want everybody and I would want them to get as many people involved as they could to share those stories of like, look, they were kids at that point. You know, find um, somebody tracked down Louise Heath and Vinnie Torg. And they're probably (laughs) 50 years old at this point. But, the you know, older than that. But, I mean, it's like the kind of thing where those are the kind of things that I would want are things that were that, A, we're not going to be able to get at some point. Yeah, because people just for whatever reason are not going to, you know, be able to tell those stories. But it, it's that that final chapter that really I want the four members to sum up some of the things that they did, you know, and, and maybe it's a kiss me. It's the, I would love a kiss me. It's the Phantom of the Park with a commentary by the four. I mean, it would probably be hysterical because bring, when is this?
2: Yeah. When is this which, over? Yeah.
0: Which Well, but I'm saying like they would hate it, but it would be funny to hear them hate on it or be embarrassed or, you know, I mean, things like that. I think at this point we have so much live footage, you know, obviously, okay, maybe give us more asylum stuff or things that there's not as much of. There's so much good stuff out there. Like, but what's that last bit that we really don't have is, you know, and, and really there's not one video, like every one of those revenge era ones and all that there, that's the history told by Gene and Paul, you know, with, you know, and as even mentioned, when we talked about it. Our Bruce and Eric reading off cue cards. Yeah. You know, uh, I would, I would love it if they would ever do something really raw, really candid with all four original members, and and I think that's what I'd like to see.
1: Chris, your thought? Well, that's
3: that's pretty good, Matt. And to that, I would say, uh, who here has seen the Beatles anthology videos? Oh yeah, many sure. times. Uh, Yeah, I did. I would like to see a, a multi, a long form. I mean, multi-long form video. You know, several hours documentary in along the lines of that, but with a caveat. It would be. It would have to be done by an independent filmmaker, and that way you, you talk to the originals. You talk to uh, Eric Bruce. You represent you know Eric Carr and Mark St John through maybe some archival interviews. Yeah. And just do a history of the band that way, independent, so that everyone gets a fair say and that. They, the filmmakers can make the editorial decisions as to what views get represented so that maybe it's a little more balanced. Like, say, the guys who did, for example, that Rush documentary that came out a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah. you I
2: mean, know. I'd, and, actually, and, I'd actually think Louis Antonelli, who did One Live Kiss, he would probably be a, a great fit to do that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: he absolutely. yeah
3: but he's yeah, but he's got association though, with Paul, though. You know what I mean? It, it might be, if he did it, it might be more of a, yeah. you know, I'm doing it for, on behalf of the band. I want I, I would like to see an independent representation.
1: Non-binary. Obviously, Obviously,
3: with a lot of the great clips and a lot of you know interviews, but like let's let's have equal time for Ace and Peter and and Bruce and Eric and you know like I said archival stuff for the you know Kiss members who are no longer with us yeah. and just get a real you know balls out account of what happened from everyone's point of view you know and put in some rare footage to, you know to show the you know along the way of course yeah that's, I think that would be good that's good. That's,
0: that's an excellent. Excellent. The way that you tied that in, that's excellent, because that Beatles is a perfect example. That was something that was done, and it would spanned over three nights, but you saw so much. Now, as, as I wasn't really as into the Beatles, I didn't have all those clips, so some of that stuff was very new. Like, I'm watching this, and, you know, I mean, I guess if you're a big Beatles fan, maybe you're sitting going, I have all this footage. To me, I really enjoyed seeing that. and But the way they told their story, you nailed it. That is a perfect—I'd like to see Kiss do exactly what the Beatles did with that. As perfect example.
1: I agree. Um, yeah. But as for me, what all I want to see is a documentary on how Vinny saved Kiss. But anyway.
0: Oh! So but, uh, oh. Somewhere the Sphinx is thanking you. Yeah, I know. I'm the buttering Bob him Bob's up. I'm going to take a hit out on you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Um, this your last podcast, yeah, probably will be. <laughs>
1: uh, but no, actually, in in all seriousness, I would, I would. You remember Aerosmith did the making of Pump years ago? Yep. Oh, yeah. I want to see Kiss do something like that, where they do the the making of an album from start to finish. That's what I would. Well, they had the
3: Carnival of Souls footage. I wish they would have put that out as a full feature yeah I, I would love to have seen like an hour and a half two hour you know making of carnival of souls because they have the footage obviously
1: yeah they do and i don't think especially to, that album yeah and i i we interviewed toby wright last year and i, I pestered yes, him was I, I, I was like do you have any i was like do you have any video he's like no i don't So, but that was, uh, that was a great interview oh thank you i was fishing I, for compliments
2: i thought that carnival of soul stuff was really cool my favorite part of that is when you know Gina's. Talking to Paul, he's like, yeah, you remember the, the prick tour? Yeah. I was like, well, what do you mean the prick tour? Basically when you couldn't stand human beings in general.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: Well, I think that will bring us you to a, what,
0: before, Yeah, I was going to say before you wrap it up totally, there is one more that I would include. Now, it's not an official and there's tons obviously of Is it just the Visual news. Evolution? No, you know what? I, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned show, I mentioned so much love for that last time, but yeah. the um, if you've ever seen that documentary that eighth grade films made called Kiss Loves You. Oh yeah, and and to me, like that's the kind of stuff I, I'm almost surprised we don't see more of because now everybody has a video <laughs> camera and everybody can go out and do stuff. And I actually really enjoyed that because. You know, I mean, obviously it's a documentary, and they're trying to have a beginning, and a middle, and end. And so we have this: it starts out good, then things fall apart, and then they try and wrap it up. But I think it was an—it's a nice representation of, you know, it, it, as much as a lot of this stuff, it was a time capsule. You see things when things are good, then you see things that are not so good. You know, you see a lot of stuff. But like, you know, I mean, I was at that convention where they record, like, like Bill Baker's band. Like, I remember seeing them, and just like oh, I thought that was—it was amazing. He was doing. You know Freely's comment without makeup, like every tribute band that you saw, and you're going, "This guy's doing it without the makeup. This is amazing." And he really was that good. And I mean, I think it's definitely worth watching for Kiss fans, even though some of it they obviously they edited, and maybe you know it, it appears maybe a little pathetic at times, which you know everybody has felt that sometimes you know maybe you're feeling a little ashamed. But the uh, you know it's uh, it's one. Of the, it, I actually really enjoy that because it does tell a story. And the way that they found like somebody like you know Dick Manitoba, and he was around at the birth. Like He says, oh, we remember seeing these Kiss Road crew, and people were laughing, but they had the last laugh because it worked. And things like that, people like that, that that did see it at the start. Those are the kind of stories. I, I enjoy people's Kiss stories. What was that? That was, was a live human being. Somebody's movie. ride here? But the, yeah, right. But the, uh, you know, and I, if you can find that, I mean, it's got, you know, it's got a lot of behind the scenes stuff that, like, even like they go to the reunion and he's recording Sebastian Bach coming to the reunion, things like that. And, like, you see conventions and you see tribute bands and you see the tributes bands fighting. I mean, Andrew, as a tribute <laughs> band yourself, like, you know, you must watch that and go, okay, I know everybody, you know, that, that I, you know, I haven't seen that before. But I, I actually enjoy it. It's, it's something you'd have to kind of search out for, I think. I think it was like two, it's it's actually 2004. On yeah, it's you on can Netflix. find it. You know? and, and I think KISS fans really, you know, you'll watch it and you'll see other KISS fans. I mean, obviously you'll see, I think, you know, versions of people. Even if you don't know everybody in there, you'll see people, you know, you'll go, I know somebody like that. And, uh, you know, I always thought that was a really, it's well done. You know, and it, it is different stories. You know, and uh, and I think uh, that's what I enjoy the most are just people's stories. Even when we talk about it here, you know, the fact that, you know, you talk about, you know, sitting in the middle of the aisle, you know, like a kid looking at the back of the cover and stuff. That, to me, I enjoy all that. And I think this video, it's a good, it's it's produced without their interaction. So you do get a different take on things, not through the filter of the Kiss Machine. And I And I enjoyed that about it, so...
2: You know my favorite part of that video is it's when you have the guy in Jean makeup and he's like they're like who's your favorite member they're like yeah it's Paul he's the guy I identify with most it's like <laughs> you're wearing <laughs> Jean makeup there you dope uh,
0: you know yeah yeah <laughs> oh, man.
2: there I mean you hit the nail on the head with with, the, with that video though I mean it, it is great and there are points in that video where you know I, I do feel embarrassed yeah um, to be a Kiss fan but. Overall, I think the video was done really well because it showed the fandom of Kiss, of vintage Kiss, before they put the makeup back on. You you basically saw what happened in the Kiss fan world as Kiss the band was leading up to this big reunion tour. You saw the conventions. You saw the tribute bands. And then you see Kisses back. You see people are, are staying at the corner eating a hot dog in makeup, seeing Kiss at Madison Square Garden. You didn't think that there, that ever was going to happen again, but... Here it was, you know, July 1996, and you're seeing Kiss at the Garden. So I think that video is really great. It gives you a good feeling of what it was like to be a fan at that time. Because let's remember, you know, now we can go see Kiss every year, every two years, every three years. But back then, you know, you would go to see Hotter Than Hell or Dress to Kill or whomever at the Kiss Convention at the Rothman Center, and that was your basic feel to see Kiss in makeup. It's a much, much different time. So I mean. As Matt said, I do enjoy this quite a bit. I laugh at it more than I maybe am, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I I laugh at it more than I'm I'm basically watching it for educational purposes or or a pleasure (laughs) person. But I, I, I watch that, and I watch the Tribute guys, and I'm watching, they're arguing, and I'm like, man... Those two guys are still arguing, and it's 20 years later.
0: You know? <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the funny thing is that video where a lot of the videos we talked about tonight were produced at very specific times. That footage covers about a decade because, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, you, you recognize some of the footage as being certain KISS Expos, it's the New Jersey kiss My bro- my brother walks through the background of one of the shots, like, and I remember Freeze and he's on for a couple seconds, you know, and and I was at some of those things where they're recording, and you go, I remember seeing that crew for years, recording stuff, and and then, uh, so yeah, I would, I would say if KISS fans, if they hadn't seen it, it's a very different take. It's something, it's not glossy, you know, things are not glossed over necessarily, and, and, and like, it is funny to kind of watch kids Tribute guys fight, you know, it's, uh, and, and they're very good we're at it. You so, know, we're still fighting to this and day. And yeah, still <laughs> fighting, but the, uh, you know, and I think in some ways it does speak to a very different take on, on anything that's out there as far as, you know, that period of time, and, and I would recommend uh, fans to find it if they can.
1: I, would, I just want to say, I want to see two Kiss Tribute bands do a reenactment of the fight scene at the end of Phantom of the Park. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> would be awesome. And now, Deep Thoughts with Gene Simmons.
1: Every now and then when I get bored, I like to call up Chad Kroger of Nickelback, and I ask him to be our new lead singer. After a few minutes of letting him gush like a little girl, I say, Paul's never going to believe that we got Joe Jonas of the Jonas Brothers. What? This isn't Joe Jonas? Chad
3: Kroger? Holy shit. Hmm. Sorry, uh, I
1: have the wrong number. <laughs> well, on that goofy note, I think we're going to wrap it up. Chris Caram, Matt Porter, Andrew Scambatti, thanks for joining me for this. Um, any, anybody want to plug anything before we go?
2: Kiss Cruise 3 is coming up, and Mr. Speed is performing at the Kiss Cruise 3 pre-party. This is put on by the Kiss Cruise Maniacs. It's a benefit to benefit uh, Sophie's Place, which is a nonprofit organization that benefits children that have been abused, and all the money we raise at this event, and that goes for tickets and anything that we sell at this event, is going to this organization. Uh, we're also auctioning off a Gene Simmons signed axe base. So uh, by raffle tickets, that you have to be there to win it. But uh, Mr. Speed will be performing at the Kiss Cruise 3 pre-party, which is going to be October 27th, and the club is called Will Call.
1: That's awesome, Matt. You want to plug the Kiss Room?
0: Well, of course, yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you're probably aware of the Kiss Room. Go to thekissroom.com. One thing I will say, you know, you do need to listen live because, like last uh, last month, this June episode, something <laughs> happened to the file. From the time it took me to walk down the hall into my office with the file, 2013 for me has been pretty crazy, and this was just one more example of it. The file just disappeared. I can't explain it. There's forces in the universe that are beyond where I know where they are, and uh, you got to listen live because if you, if you didn't hear it live, you missed it. Uh, we're on, on Thursdays in the summer, you know, and uh, I'm, I was thrilled that so many people followed us to Thursdays for this month's episode. Uh, tune in live. Hopefully we won't have the same problem again. Um, check us out, obviously, at thekissroom.com, all kind of stuff going on in there.
1: Cool. I think I heard that the uh, the lost tape wound up next to the uh, holster tape.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, Never to be seen or heard. Yeah. It's
2: actually next to the uh, reel-to-reel. Uh, a queen for a day with Ace on vocals. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah! There you go.
1: Very cool. <laughs> and I got to get in my own plug since I hosted this thing. Uh, I host the Decibel Geek podcast, and as many of you know, we do a lot of Kiss themed episodes. And if you listen to us in July, here it's Kissmas in July. We d- where we devote every single episode of july to kiss and we have some great stuff we've got some interviews with people that have never been on kiss podcast before and some really cool behind the scenes stories coming so uh you can check that out at com. so that's enough plugs but um chris carom great having you on the show matt great having you on the show andrew great having you on the show and uh thank you guys for doing this with me i hope you guys enjoyed uh hearing our us discuss long form videos tell us what you think on the podcast uh, facebook page and uh Tell us what your memories are of these long-form long videos. And uh, Ken and Gary, I'll leave the key under the mat.
0: See you, guys. All right, bye. See you. you. guys.
1: And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podkist.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at KissFAQ.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Criss, Vinny Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are Kiss, and we are your army.
2: Podcast is created by the Kiss Army for the Kiss Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with Kiss or any of its members, past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, thank you for listening to Podcast, the Kiss fanzine for your ears.
1: Check out these ads for the following shows. We're proud to call these guys the friends of the PodKiss Network. We are one.
2: That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party and you are invited. Tune in to the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Habnock, Clinton Harris, and D-Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or
0: Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. You wanted the best, you got the best. And if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. Kiss! your place for all things KISS and some For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com The KISS Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet This is a really big moment
3: Hi, I'm Cassius Morris, host of KISS Podcast, Creatures of the Net our show content includes current events of the hottest band in the land, exclusive interviews and the trials and tribulations of being a Kiss fan. You can check out our show at www.creaturesofthenet.com and on Facebook or Twitter. And if you don't know the website name by now, oh well, you better We'll see you here. Kistery science theater, the most civilized.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Fuck. Oh, fuck come on. <laughs>
1: Respectful. <laughs> so imagine
4: Gene with like, like a,
1: with like a with like a washed-up bass.
4: <laughs>
1: and serious.
4: No wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're gonna come over and do my album.
1: <laughs> Kiss podcast on the web. History, science, theory. We bust balls because we can.
5: Doctors define modern rock disorder as a sudden, intense drop in musical taste, affecting all facets of the victim's lives and the lives of those around them over 20 million Americans suffer. Do you? Is your newfound love of Axe body spray, leather wristbands, and mountains of hair care products driving those close to you crazy? Has your overwhelming desire to crank Nickelback, drink a sixer of Natty Ice, and yell at girls from the back of a pickup truck seriously impaired your work or social life? The Decibel Geek Podcast offers new hope. The Decibel Geek Podcast, the only podcast proven effective for MRD, The Decibel Geek Podcast corrects the chemical imbalance created by listening to bands like Theory of a Dead Man and Three Doors Down, so that with time and your hosts, Chris and Aaron's help, you can move toward recovery. MRD hurts. The Decibel Geek Podcast can help. Visit www.decibelgeek.com to begin the road to recovery. It's time for some cheap talk. You're listening to Trick Chat.
1: Their mommy's alright, their daddies are alright, they just seem a little weird, they even got their KISS records out. This is Ken from the podcast join me, Matt, Andrew, and BJ as we talk about four great guys and three great chords. Cheap Trick, if you're a KISS fan, chances are you've checked them out. So please check out our show, Cheap Talk with Trick Chat, available for
0: now in the podcast feed.
5: Keep cheap trickin'.